The Whos loved Marvel. They loved it a lot. But the Dormen, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Dormen hated Marvel. The whole MCU. Now please don't ask why. O'Reilly didn't know too. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be perhaps his taste in movies were just too tight. But I think the most likely reason of all may have been that his bladder was two sizes too small. Get it? You know, because the movies are so long. Anyways, whatever the reason, his taste or bladder size, he stood there on Stanley's birthday, hating the franchise. Staring down from his criterion closet with a sour dormant frown at the TVs playing She-Hulk below in their town. For he knew that every Who down in Whoville below was busy now, excited for the next Marvel show. They're watching Wakanda forever, he snarled with each word. The Fablemans gets no theaters? That's positively absurd. Then he growled with his dormant fingers nervously drumming. I must find a way to stop Ant-Man 3 from coming. You're a cynical one. Mr. Dorman, you really are a snob. You're as cheerful as the DMV and brimming with ennui, Mr. Dorman. You'd collect the Infinity Stones and help Thanos finish the job. You're misanthropic. Mr. Dorman, your popcorn flavor's an empty bowl. Your brain is full of verite, destroying happiness is your goal, Mr. Dorman. And may I remind you, sir, you lost the DuckTales poll. Welcome, happy holidays, dreamers of all ages. We're here with another episode of Unbuilt and Unrealized Theme Park Podcast. With me today, as always, is my co-host, Ryan Dorman. So I gotta ask, uh, did you stop Ant-Man 3 from coming? Because I'm kind of looking forward to it. That was my Christmas present to you, Ryan. Aw, thanks. Yeah, my Christmas present to you is that after you had uh, disliked all the Marvel movies and thought Ant-Man would be the only savior, I was, <laughs> I'm taking that away from you. I know. They have been kind of on a, a rough go lately. Uh, hopefully, I, I think Ant-Man 3 looks fun, so I, I don't know. But I'm not going to make you talk about marvel so much oh, thank you uh, <laughs> uh christmas <but> miracle i <laughs> know that that's my christmas present to you because next week i uh <laughs> i dropped some coal in your stocking so i do apologize mm. right mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh so uh how has your uh, holiday season been and doing anything fun or uh it's nice it's cold work never stops so it's mm-hmm. uh, uh uh the the christmas festivities have slipped away you know, I can't. Um, normally during the holidays, I go see a bunch of movies. I've yeah, been busy, yeah. so I've been 
why Peru following your Twitter as you go see all the movies I want to be seeing? Oh, I get no. angry. <laughs> I did see the Fablemans yesterday. You saw the Fablemans. Pretty... You saw Pinocchio. Yes, uh, I did. And and only I saw Glass Onion and both on their only one week run. You know, Netflix is like collecting money from the box office, and mm-hmm. the theater exhibitors are like, "Please, please keep this." In. People are <laughs> people are actually going to this movie, and Netflix is like, "No." No, well, you get to watch it after it comes out on Netflix now, right? That's what yeah, everybody you gotta wait, you gotta everybody wait wanted. Nearly a month for it to come out on Netflix, and then you get to well, they're they're bringing it back to theaters after the Netflix run. I think it's the twenty third. That, that is correct. Yeah, um, which is so like stupid. the complete opposite of the point. Yeah, but yeah. that's okay. You know, if you've consistently been failing, then. Yeah, consistency is key, right? It's worth <laughs> just so just far. keep shooting yourself in the foot. Like <laughs> I'm like, wait, do you do you really expect? What is this supposed to like get more subscribers? Do you really think that's going to happen? Are people really going to subscribe just for Glass Onion, or would they like more likely just go to the movies and see it and still be subscribed? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's. Netflix is Netflix thing. I saw somebody was talking about how it's surprising that Netflix is consistently banking on the streaming thing while every other popular brand is desperately trying to get out of it. Disney is basically (laughs) shitting itself, replacing CEOs, trying to get out of streaming dependence. And yet Netflix is like, yeah, let's just leave the uh, let's leave the movie in theaters. Uh, on Netflix, excuse me, not in theaters. So uh, we did our little Bob Chapek tribute last week. (laughs) I had to bleep a lot of your uh, song, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know what came over me. I, I, I the the musical theater gene <laughs> contagioned to, it into me. Do you, do you want to talk Complete. about how how that came together? Um, you mean like how did I put it together, or like, or yeah. Or, yeah. You, well, so you emailed me, or you texted me. You said, "Hey, I want to do something about Bob Chapek." Um. What are you? Do you, would you like to say anything, or do you have any thoughts that I can read? And I said to myself, uh, "No, I can record it and I can send it to you, and you can put it in because you had some idea." And I sat down at my computer and I thought, "I already have audacity, and I have such a disdain for anything or most things. I'm such a cynical grouch that I thought I would send you one thing that was too short and one thing that was so bad you would never put it in the show." And you did put it in the show, so I that's did. that's that's what we have. So it was it was uh, nine tracks of me singing that song with no background audio, so it's completely all out of sync, and there's a delay in audacity, so I I couldn't get all of the singing to happen at the same time, um, and the microphone clipped like three or four times. <laughs> For a second, I thought it was you and a bunch of friends on like a group call. <laughs> no, no, it's all me. It's it was I sat there and over and over again, just went through the same minute, um, trying to, my best. I tried my best to get everything to overlap, but it doesn't. It doesn't overlap at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was a complete mess. But that was like you know my thought was is that if if Bob Chapek was going to put that much effort into his public persona i thought so would i <laughs> well uh, i don't know i just taking those classes on how to be more personable are you gonna, that music are you, yeah you're gonna grow a beard yeah. does that make people like me do you like me now yeah the beard? That's, right. that's right yeah uh-huh i'm gonna i'm gonna pretend that i i'm not like a rich billionaire and uh, hide all of the things that happen that i'm working on and all my public stuff is gonna be really awkward and annoying <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it has been a little bit after uh, Chapek has been given the laboot. That's and, right. And uh, Iger did a town hall. And what's funny about this town hall, number one, they kept the hiring freeze, but he wouldn't commit to the layoffs. So right. the hiring freeze is still in place. Um, but that was like really the only like firm thing. And people got really, really mad about like these non-committal answers here and there. And it was it had been like barely a week and he's basically going well, i gotta talk about the like the leadership leader of that division first let me talk to them first and people were really mad about this i'm like well isn't that a good thing wasn't chapek like just steamrolling ev- everyone else so mm. I, I i don't know what are, what are your thoughts on that yeah i mean obviously I think Bob Iger's town hall was probably more of a PR move than anything else. It is, all the yeah, biggest like, takeaways was that he was an eloquent communicator. He's trying to build goodwill not only with the public, but within the company. Yeah, he seemed to he, be like, like divided. He did like he without hesitation went like, oh, we're going to do uh, keep on to the inclusion thing, which right. I know a lot of people were like really, really cynical when Strange World came out and it flopped. And a lot of people were like, they're going to blame this on the, you know, on the gay character. And that's what they're going to do. And they're going to use this as an excuse to not do it anymore. And this was after Strange World had come out and completely blew it. I mean, this thing flopped hard. Yeah. And yeah. Iger just went, no, we're just, we're going to keep doing it. That yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I think if Chapek was still CEO, right. And that power structure was still there. Maybe we would have seen that response. Mm-hmm. Um, the transition obviously is going to dampen that, and probably because of Iger's personal politics, yeah. there won't be any uh, blaming, I guess per se. Right. I, I don't know. I, I think people expected a lot from a town hall that wasn't even supposed to be that public. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, but he, I don't know. He's Bob Iger. He's the same guy who yeah. was there. Yeah. They, they were basically expecting Jesus to come out and turn water into wine. Well, that's sudden. because they made Bob Chapek out to be Satan. Yeah, that's true. No, you're yeah, right. So, you're right. Yeah, and I mean, uh, right, they uh, expect to be saved, and I was like, I, this is the guy who owns Disney, or the CEO of Disney. Like, mm-hmm. what is the? <laughs> what did you expect? The only other thing I want to talk about is: Did you hear about the reservation system going? Um, for the most part. Okay, I didn't hear about that. I heard that Bob Iger was asked about the reservation system, and he said he would look into it, because okay, I guess that was under so tomorrow. This, this is what I've heard, is that mm-hmm. they had, remember they had that retreat, and this retreat is where they decided the Play Pavilion was done. Like, apparently the Play Pavilion, which is the former Wonders of Life, uh, it, was, it was halfway done. Like, there's actual pieces, like, people have gone to epcot looked inside and lights were on you could see things inside it and they killed it halfway well apparently at this retreat they also decided that in 2023 they would do away with the bulk of the reservation system so so who who was at this retreat sorry uh, was it this was Iger or no this was this was tomorrow a bunch of executives and bob chapek okay uh, i see right I see. and this was in October, I believe. I believe this is October. And in this one, they, re- they decided that they would overhaul the reservation system to only be for annual pass holders. 
And this was confirmed, semi-confirmed, by WDW Magic, who broke that this is in the works and it will be introduced uh, in December uh, for a 2023 launch. And uh, the idea is you, uh, if you buy multi-day or date-specific, you are not required to have reservations. If you have an annual pass, you do have to have a reservation. It should alleviate a lot of issues. Uh, that was only confirmed for Walt Disney World. Uh, they haven't said if it's coming over to Disneyland yet, uh, but maybe, maybe not because Disneyland is so overly reliant on annual pass holders, even though they won't sell them said passes. But maybe that'll change with uh, Bob Iger. I don't know. But supposedly that is happening, which is which is a smart move. Uh, it's like a, a, a one step forward. But I definitely think that they need to just get rid of it altogether. And I think that they need to just do reservations in terms of really busy periods like Christmas. I, I think I actually understand the annual pass decision. Like, I mm-hmm. think it's the same thing as like AMC A-list, I think, right? If you have a consistent subscription that you're going to be coming, it's probably much easier on them to understand engage interest based on in advance reservations they should probably be less limited than they are currently yeah um, well yeah that's that that would be the idea i'm guessing yeah uh but i i'm i guess it's a bit surprising right because i think people people had been very critical of jpeg and tomorrow about reservations and seemingly built this narrative <laughs> like yeah. Iger was brought back because of that but uh apparently i guess uh they were already on the way out what's surprising mm-hmm. to me is that the play pavilion which we i guess assumed was uh, going to be shuttered and not returned to. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder if that'll be revisited. Because it is kind of weird that they did a lot of work on it, seemingly. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. Uh, there's a lot of interesting things ahead. Uh, now, before we begin and go off into our main topic, uh, this is our last official episode of the year. Uh, we will be back next week for our uh, second installment of Winter Break Fun Day. And then we will be back in early to mid-January for a brand new series. So be excited for that. But uh, hopefully we'll see what happens uh, to Iger and Chapek in the new year. If something insane happens, like, I don't know, uh, like everybody but Bob Chapek, and maybe it's like King Ralph where the entire royal family dies and... They have to bring JPEG back. Maybe we'll do it. Emergency it's a designated survivor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, with that said, uh, are we ready to journey into the land of Dr. Seuss? That sounds great. All right. Here we go for our main topic. Okay, here we are, main topic time, talking about the Grinch, uh, particularly the unbuilt Mount Crumpet Grinch coaster, allegedly called Grinch's Sleigh Ride. Uh, Before we start this, Dorman, what are your thoughts on Dr. Seuss? I 
Um, you've just cornered me. You've given <laughs> pros, good books. Cons, the the cheating on his wife and racism. But you know, <laughs> take the good with the bad. We don't need to talk about the racism a little bit. Um, <laughs> cheating on his. Yeah, what are you gonna we're, do? We're gonna go a little bit into that as well. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's is uh as an interesting dude. Uh. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it, but it doesn't matter because uh, Doctor Seuss was wasn't he canceled because they like stopped printing like four, uh, barely published books. Yeah. Uh. Well, he was canceled in the right wing way, which means he was on Fox News for like two days. Right. He talked about mm-hmm. him on Fox News for two days. Yeah. Um. You know, Doctor Seuss is great. I I used to read Doctor Seuss a lot as a kid, mm-hmm. and um, I was really into the old cartoons. And then, uh, you know, I won't say anything about the, any of the movies. I feel like if there's a point of dissent between you and I today, it's that my cynicism is going to rear its ugly head when we talk about Grinch movies. But we'll get to it later, I guess. That's interesting you should say so, because I only like one of those Grinch movies. And if you don't like the <laughs> particular one, I'll be like, the hell is wrong with you? Oh, well, and you know. I will probably agree <laughs> with you with the bulk of them in other words the ones that are over 30 minutes long <laughs> okay okay actually yeah. we're, we're on the same page with that yeah, all right, okay, all right never mind. okay because i was about to say is like you you hate every single adapt at it no 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 i i like the cartoons okay good yeah, yeah. all right <laughs> well let's get into the history <laughs> of the grinch uh uh and dr seuss in particular while at college at dartmouth in the late 1920s theodore geisel was caught drinking gin on campus illegal under prohibition laws the dean forbade him from extracurricular activities which included writing for a magazine called the jack-o'-lantern Geisel wanted to continue working on it, but being a college magazine, he knew the dean rarely read it. In a pinch, he altered the pen name to Seuss, here name pronounced Soyce. So for the bulk of his career, he actually thought it was Dr. Soyce, and kids and the bulk of people named it Dr. Seuss. Hmm. Uh, Leaving Dartmouth, he went on to write and illustrate for humor magazines, such as Judge, adding Dr. the surname, as his father always wanted him to study medicine. After one of his cartoons became a massive advertising campaign for a flip bug spray, Geisel moved into the ad business and was able to collect an illustration job for his first children's book, a pocketbook that had an unfortunate title. Uh, a doorman, uh, um, I won't let you read the title. What, is, what does the title say? Um, um, uh, it does, in fact, say on this picture, the pocketbook of boners. Mm, okay. Uh, <laughs> You and play then, a little boy yoing sound after I say uh, that. Uh, there was a sequel. Uh, Dorman, can you read the title of the sequel, please? Oh, I can. Re- oh. <laughs> the sequel book is called More Boners. Cool. And how about that? Uh, a third book. Uh, and what is the third book called? Well, if you'd believe it, still more, still more boners. <laughs> <laughs> what is a boner in this case? A boner is a humorous. Uh, uh, humorous uh, blunder. That's what it is. Oh, uh, I the see. books made the New York Times bestseller list filled with errant childhood wisdom filled with weird blunders. Example, a virgin forest is a forest in which the hand of man has never set foot. Uh, so, so these are the, these, these interesting little childhood wisdoms uh, of kids saying wrong things or silly little phrases. And uh, Geisel provided the illustrations for said boners. 
Uh, there's, it's, it's just a funny thing to see it used in the non-sexual term because <laughs> no, you, you had those Joker comments uh, where he's like, I'll give you the biggest boner you've ever seen. You know, that's kind of the thing. Uh, it, it was it was more common in the in the past. Somebody uh, clip that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> after failing to attract publishers with his own words, along with illustrations due to strange animals, he traveled on an ocean journey to Europe. The rhythm of the ship's engines provided him with the inspiration for a breakout children's book hit. And to think I saw that on Mulberry Street. Despite initial rejection from 43 publishers, a Dartmouth classmate helped to get published through Vanguard Press. After Horton hatches an egg, Geisel wandered into the wartime effort with a flurry of anti-fascist political cartoons. Unfortunately, this also included pro-Japanese internment cartoons, which Geisel regretted after visiting Japan in the early 50s. This led to the writing of Horton Hears a Who, which is an allegory for the Japanese fallout uh, from the atomic bomb. So <laughs> the good thing is uh, he he drew a lot of very racist comments, uh, comics, uh, which you can view online, but he did grow to regret it after going there and seeing what the hell we did to them. And he actually uh, dedicated Horton Hears a Who to a Japanese friend. Uh, around the same time, Geisel changed the pronunciation of his pen name to Seuss, as it was more familiar to children as a rhyme with Mother Goose. In the mid-50s, Geisel's wife Helen st- suffered a minor stroke, which led to a rough year. The Christmas prior, he became annoyed with the crass commercialization, looking in the mirror on December 26th and spotting a Grinchish look on his face. He wrote it in a few weeks, aside from the ending, which took about three months to complete, uncertain of how to end the book. The story was about the Grinch who lived in Whoville from Horton Hears a Who. The Who's loved Christmas, but the sour, cynical Grinch hated it and stayed away from the town of Top Mount Crumpet, which overlooked. Frustrated with the noise from all the toys in celebration, he devises a plan to disguise himself as Santa Claus and steal Christmas from the town, including the presents and the decor. Succeeding, the Grinch is stunned when the citizens of Whoville don't complain, but rather stroll out of their houses and continue a Christmas celebration without any other decor. Heartened by the idea that Christmas leans a little bit more, the Grinch reforms and returns the presents and decor to the Who's. They accept him and allow him to cut the roast beast. Sounds simple? Well, for Geisel, it actually wasn't. According to him, I got hung up getting the Grinch out of the mess. I got in this situation where I sounded like a second-rate preacher or some biblical truism. Finally, in desperation, without making any statement whatsoever, I showed the Grinch and the Who's together at the table and made the pun of Grinch carving the roast beast. I had gone through thousands of religious choices, and after three months, it came out like that. Uh, The book debuted in 1957, November, and was an instant classic. Nine years later, Chuck Jones and Geisel collaborated on a holiday special based on the book. Narrated by Boris Karloff, the special was a powerhouse of brilliant Chuck Jones animation, Susie and Wet, adorable designs, and of course that classic theme sung by Thurl's Ravenscroft. You know, the, the Haunted Mansion guy, the, the Tony the Tiger guy. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, you like this special. Of course, who doesn't? It exactly. is a classic. Nice, short, sweet, succinct, mm. cute. What, what did you say about those? Um, it was, what, short and succinct? Uh, that's right, I did. Mm. Almost like that is supposed to be the way that Seuss should be portrayed. 
I don't know about that. Children's books should be 90 minutes long and have pop songs and not, not be funny. Long. Not not 90 minutes. Over 90 minutes. Is that how long the, the most recent one is? No, act- no, actually, the most recent one is shorter. Uh, I'm okay. mostly talking about the live action version. Wow, you really have a lot of contempt for the live action one. I hate it so much. Uh, <laughs> you are get, a Grinch. We all get to it. The special, which debuted December 18th, 1966, helped cement the Grinch as one of the most popular Seuss characters alongside the cat in the hat. Shortly after, Geisel's wife Helen sadly committed suicide. Geisel then remarried to Audrey Geisel the following year. And I believe this is what you were talking about. Uh, this is what I was talking about. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, uh, his wife is in deep depression, suffering from a stroke, and he's out there cavorting with Audrey Geis, uh, Audrey. Uh, oh. I, I don't remember her le- uh, surname, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's now Audrey Geisel and he just remarries her the following year. Really messed up stuff. Uh, Theodore Dr. Seuss Geisel passed away in 1991 from cancer, but it left an enormous legacy. Now we get to move over to the theme parks. Yay! Uh, we discussed back in June that Universal wanted their second park to be Cartoon World. One concept that stayed through as the park morphed into Islands of Adventure was a land based on Dr. Seuss. Among the ideas proposed for this land was a roller coaster based on the How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And you can mm. kind of see that in the concept art there. Okay, uh, yeah. When Dr. <laughs> when Seuss Landing opened in 1999, the attraction was nowhere to be found, but the live-action How the Grinch Stole Christmas movie uh, debuted, debuting the next year. Uh, this film starring Jim Carrey was a massive hit, and Universal dusted off the plans once again to give him a look over. Uh Really quick, I hate the live action Grinch so much. Hmm. What, I what? see. That's funny. Is I I don't like it, but I don't hate it. So what 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 drives your your holiday anger? Hmm. Okay, so I saw this movie when I was twelve years old, and a twelve year old uh, seeing a Jim Carrey movie, I would should be in the perfect zone for this, and hmm. I hated it. Uh. I really liked the special and I thought this movie was ugly. I thought it was boorish. I thought it was completely against the source material in so many ways. Mm. I mean, I, 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 I saw the illumination Grinch once, but I believe it also makes somewhat of the, of a similar problem, but it's not quite as bad, but Needless to say, if it, it, the 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 whole crux of the uh, the the story is supposed to be that the Who's don't give a second glance, they don't care about the decor, they don't care about the decorations, the lights, whatever. They go out and they immediately start singing, and mm. that's supposed to be what Christmas is. Uh, in, uh, is about and changes the Grinch's heart in the 2000 movie because this is a movie and we have to give some sort of freaking uh you know what you would call it uh like arc and three act structure and we have to write all uh, we have to pad the running time uh and they do this via like doing this elaborate backstory with the Grinch and he's in school and he's being like bullied and stuff like that. Right. Um, uh, and uh, the there's a villain in this one and it's not the Grinch. 
by the way. Uh, the villain is fittingly enough portrayed by Jeffrey Tambor. And the whole idea is that Cindy Lou, who is uh, the like the most, um, I don't know, she's the most precocious and pure of all the who's. And she has to be the one to convince them that this is not what Christmas is about. So not only does the Grinch have to be convinced this, but like all the other Whovian characters need to be convinced this. Know just what they'll do. All those Who's down in Whoville will all cry. line but he's right because they're all pissed that all their stuff has been taken away and they also have to be convinced too and that's what make them start singing and i'm like no 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 that's <laughs> not this that is not it at all why are we doing this what the hell is up with you ron howard why does the camera look like it's smothered in vaseline no 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 the humor is bad the script is bad and People love this movie, mostly because of Jim Carrey's performance. And yeah, there's some fun things in Jim Carrey's performance, despite the fact that he was tortured on set over this. But no, this sucks. This this sucks. The impudence, the audacity, the unmitigated gall. This movie sucks. It's a Ron Howard movie. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are your thoughts on it? That's my thoughts. It's a Ron Howard movie. It's just not very interesting. I think that okay. the production design's pretty. Okay. But but like you know, like it's pretty enough. It doesn't it's not nearly as pretty as the illustrations. But yeah, it's it's one of those I don't uh it's hard to make a Dr. Seuss movie into a full 90 minute movie. Right? People fall on their faces trying to do it all it's the time. It's 100 minutes long. Right. Okay, right. It's a, it's a little longer than a 90 minute movie. Um you know, it, it falls into the same pitfalls as the Lorax and the Horton Hears a Who animated movies, uh, where you have a story that's only a couple of pages long. So you have to mm-hmm. add in multiple acts yeah. that are just filler crap. But mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like you have very strong opinions about the way it reflects the actual themes of the original book. And I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and it's just not it's just not cohesive in the same way uh, that if the first book, like you're saying, is like a response to people. Like the Grinch in the character implicitly sees Christmas as a materialist thing and thinks that by taking away people's material, you know, uh, decorations and presents, then they won't be happy. Uh, And then the book, of course, inverts that, reflecting what Dr. Seuss really thinks about Christmas, Mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. The the Ron Howard movie doesn't capture any of that, but... Mm -hmm. People, Christmas movies are mostly bad, so it's not surprising. <laughs> okay, now, now I'm curious. What Christmas movie do you like? Uh, what Christmas movie do I like? I mean, It's a Wonderful Life is great. Okay. That's like an American classic, right? 75 years, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but I always think of Night of the Hunter <laughs> with Christmas, the, the <laughs> old... I don't know why that's the that movie comes out with Christmas. I don't, very few Christmas movies. In fairness, I was raised like in a generation where you didn't have to wheel the TV into the classroom. So you could mm-hmm. just put a disc in. So it was Elf, Polar Express, mm-hmm. and the Grinch, who stole, uh, the Grinch Who Stole Christmas every year over and over again. Yeah, like right. beating it into my brain. I don't mm-hmm. know. Very few Christmas movies as well. We'll talk about eventually, right? One day. Uh, uh, 
<laughs> I the Christmas movies I like. Uh, a Christmas Story is a guilty pleasure. Um, I know some people don't really like that one because it's overkill and stuff like that. But I think it's extremely charming. Uh, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like Christmas Vacation. I think it's a very funny movie. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I like mm-hmm. Christmas Vacation. That's on the list too. Yeah. Sure. Home Alone is a childhood favorite. Uh, yep. It's not great, but it's a childhood favorite. Uh, and I think Elf is cute, overquoted, but cute. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> the, the, the really the, bad CG one. Uh, and The Nightmare Before Christmas, which we discussed last. Um, so those did are we? Christmas. Yes, we, we did. Do you not remember? We talked about that dark it's, ride. Oh, I thought you meant the movie we discussed. I thought we not meant the, the movie. I, I was like, we, we didn't have an episode, episode, the episode about the dark ride. I'm glad that if you and I can't agree on anything, the one thing we can agree on is that The Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie, not yeah. a Halloween movie. Agreed. Uh, but yeah, those are the <laughs> ones I like. And the yeah. How the Grinch Stole Christmas from 2000, not on the list. And... But if there was a ride about it, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Uh, okay, so what was the ride? Uh, between the one fish, two fish spinner attraction and the cat in the hat dark ride would be a tall, twisting mountain similar to the Matterhorn at Disneyland. This is the entrance to the Grinch's sleigh ride. The guests would start in the queue at the base and enter the mountain through caverns that took them to the Grinch's insidious lair. And you can see photos here. This is from a walkthrough. Uh, from the, one of the first Grinchmases using a lot of the sets from the 2000 version. Mm. Uh, after we reach his lair, we meet the Grinch either through animatronic or video form, once again portrayed by Jim Carrey. It's unknown whether or not the reformed Grinch or possibly the one that would steal Christmas, but we would board coaster cars themed as sleighs. The ride would feature family-friendly turns and drops through Mount Crumpet as we go between indoor and outdoor show scenes, possibly including brief vignettes featuring the Grinch or Max. Uh, Max is, of course, the dog, Grinch's dog. That was added in the special, and then it was put into both uh, feature variations. And in the 2001, he takes Max up and has him kiss, uh, has Jeffrey Tambor kiss Max's but what a holiday class that people love for some reason. I'm sorry. But if you love this movie, I just don't get it. I'm sorry. A, a lot of people nostalgia. Probably, probably love it. Yeah, probably. Nostalgia. It's nostalgia. I mean, it's the same thing as like people like, oh, never mind. I'm getting mean. It's Christmas. I'm trying to be happy. I'm reforming myself. My heart no, grew three what sizes. Gonna what were you going to say? I want to know what you're going to say. I was going to say people like. <laughs> Well, if you were going to ask, people just like stuff because they know it. So they're young and they're okay. they they're, they're just spoon-fed crap when they're a kid and they, they fall yeah. in love with it. And then they get on Twitter and they tell you that it was always great and finally people are appreciating it. <laughs> when are we going to talk more about the Illumination Grinch movie? <laughs> we're going to get to it. Uh, we <laughs> then would disembark and probably head down to the Whoville's gift shop, ironically considering the commercialization method. Uh while Universal mold over the plans, the spot was actually used used during a brand new event called Grinchmas at the Parks, with this becoming an ice sled ride down Mount Crumpet, which you can see right there. 
Uh, short, sweet, and hard on rear ends. This tiny thing was no excuse for a br- big Grinch e-ticket, which many thought would eventually come as Jim Carrey's Grinch crossed an impressive $345 million worldwide. In Hollywood, a similar snow slide was built in even a maze called the Grinch's Cave Maze, where the guests went around the caverns of Mount Crumpet and encountered props from the movie. In 2010, Universal Studios Hollywood added a new tram stop for Grinchmas, where the guests descended Mount Crumpet while giving the Grinch, Max, and the stolen presents a ride to deliver them back to Whoville. An avalanche occurs and the gave waves spin around the tram. This, of course, was one of the last uses of the spinning tunnel effect on the tram door itself, which got bulldozed and made into Fast and the Furious Supercharged. And I believe I sent you a video of this. Is that correct? Did you? I don't remember this. Uh, I thought, oh, I think I did. Did you not oh, watch no. it? Well, well, see, first you started with, I believe, I, oh, well, there, uh, uh, I see it now. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, it's okay. I'm, it's not a big um, deal. No, I'm just skimming through it now. Yeah, it's, Look, it's very, very silly. That's the thing. He's uh, like, I thought you didn't like the Grinch. The, wait, okay. So this begs a question. Do you like that the Grinch from the Jim Carrey movie is now plastered over absolutely everything in the Universal like Christmas time festivities? Interest, or? Interesting you should say that because I do think one of the only things about the 2000 Grinch that works is the personality that Jim Carrey gives him. It doesn't mm-hmm. always work, but I do think it's, it's the benefit of the parks itself. The one thing I don't like is the fact that they use the who imagery with like the little snouts and the little noses that are really creepy. But I kind of like the personality with the Grinch. Now, okay. I think it's kind of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. And it it's, it's like those videos that Universal does are kind of fun where the Grinch reads nice tweets. That's funny. That is legitimately funny because it, it's not too over the top. It's very silly. It's very charismatic. I kind of like that stuff. This was similarly very stupid and very silly. And it's a lot of kind of shot like on a very small budget green screen. Yeah, stuff clearly where <laughs> In the end, the avalanche stops and the Grinch reveals all the presents were saved. Thanks to Max, who's now driving the tram. And just just to give you an idea of how the studio tram tour works. Um, have you ever gone to Universal Studios Hollywood? I, yes, I have. And I've done the studio tram tour. You've done the studio tram tour. Okay. So the, the way that they do it now is that there is video uh, screens in front of each tram. And uh, you will occasionally see the tram tour uh, guide and the camera can switch over to the driver. So in the end, you go out and it's revealed it's the Grinch in that same spot. Of course, this is all pre-recorded video, but uh, it's the Grinch in the spot. And he's like, where's Max? Where's Max? And they swing swing to the left and Max is trying to <laughs> <laughs> it's reveal that Max is the, is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and uh, I just I got a good laugh at it. <laughs> it sound like sound like somebody found a funny cat video on Facebook. I'm sorry, I'm I'm only human. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I love dogs doing silly stuff. Okay. Um, <laughs> the overlay didn't last long, but it's the closest we'll get to a, a genuine Mount Crumpet ride. Um, so uh, uh, why wasn't it not built? Uh, numerous Grinchmas ceremonies have come and gone throughout the years at uh, both the Hollywood and Florida parks. Uh, the state shows and celebrity readings of the story stay popular, but they were always temporary for the holidays. In 2018, Illumination came out with their own version of The Grinch, this time a CGI animated film that a lot of people saw but nobody remembered. Uh, much like the 2000 film, it sucked, <laughs> but at least this one didn't have Jim Carrey's insane performance covering up his flaws. Uh, this one has Benedict Cumberbatch as The Grinch. And from when I was told... And what, from what, I, what I've, I've researched about this, uh, they had been into Cumberbatch to come in to do a British voice, much like uh, Boris Karloff did from the um, from the original. The, the original, thank you. Um, and he said, this is an American fairy tale. So I'm going to do an American accent. So he does his Doctor Strange voice, and it's bad. He just does his normal, his normal boring voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. the movie's really awful. Um, yeah. I was one of three people in the three. Actually, so th- me and two other friends were the only people in the theater during the movie. Um, it was a complete mess. It was like a week before Christmas. And about halfway through, I think we just started doing finger puppets on the screen. Because <laughs> it's so absolutely boring. <laughs> it's yeah. such a I mean, there was nobody there. It was like com- it was dead empty. Um, I think it's yeah, I couldn't the, even suffer yeah. through it. The, the best thing I could say about it, I think it's nicer to look at than the 2000 version. Um, I don't like the visuals of the 2000 version. I'm sorry. Yeah. I no, hard. I get it. Yeah. The one thing I will say is that like the, the, the sets, whether or not you like them, I think are pretty impressive in the 2000 uh, version. No, yeah. But definitely the style is a bit more pleasant. I think that Illumination, for all the shit they get about Dr. Seuss, did a pretty good job between the Lorax and the Grinch of bringing Captain, that into uh, a yeah. 3d space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess stealing only, off of the Horton. Here's a who movie, but yeah, that's, that's the only thing I can really say is yeah, that, that that's basically all mm, there is about it. <laughs> right. The Mount Crumpet attractions seem plausible again to many speculators, but according to sources such as Alicia Stella, it was likely just that Universal internally didn't seem to have many plans for it at the time. Grinchmas continues on, but still themed to the live-action version from 22 years ago. Yet it doesn't seem like a coaster that whizzes us through Mount Crumpet to rescue Christmas is in the cards right now. Could it be the fact that most months of the year guests would be asking, where are you Christmas? Why can't I find you? Yet this is here. It's July. <laughs> uh, so what if what if the Gr- universal decided the Christmas it was Christmas every day and built the Grinch's sleigh ride will we be singing Fahu Fores or Fabu Dores oh I just saw they made that pun. very funny Ryan can we have a Christmas <laughs> ride all year round so what are your thoughts about this because that's what I what struck me the most interesting about this is yeah it could be Matterhorn-esque but the Matterhorn isn't themed to Christmas mm-hmm. um, so is it is it the fact that it's just too weird? No, I I think. What well, wait is what the fact that it's too weird? The fact that it wasn't built, or no, the fact that it would be a Christmas ride. Yeah, I mean, I think that it being a Christmas ride is perfectly fine because I think that Seuss the 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 general Seuss conceit at the Universal Parks is just stepping into books. I don't think people would mm-hmm. find it too odd. Okay. Um, you know, because I, I think they would imagine it like you're going to the Grinch. The Grinch is enough of a character 
in and of himself. Excuse me. Uh, some things I think are dependent on the holiday, right? So it would be weird, for example, to go on a uh, Peanuts Christmas ride all year long. Because okay. the Peanuts are independent and the holiday is independent. So it's like the mm-hmm. Peanuts celebrating the holiday. But I also, so for that reason uh, and, and understanding that, I don't think it would be that weird to okay. do a Grinch Christmas ride all year. Just like I think a Nightmare Before Christmas ride all year would be self-contained. Okay. It, it's They're so baked in together that the Grinch oddly stands alone from the holiday, but mm-hmm. is only really discussed during the holiday. You know what I mean? Like you could read the book any time of the year. But it's a Christmas hmm. themed book, which increases its popularity as opposed to something like the Charlie Brown Christmas, which I personally wouldn't watch in July. I think okay. that that's that's something you celebrate with Charlie Brown, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the the idea, like a Christmas special on TV is you're celebrating with the characters. Mm-hmm. I think in this case, because the Grinch's story is so self-contained, it's it would be okay. You know, I I think it would be okay. Maybe some people would find it weird, though. That's interesting. That's interesting to sit through that. I, I, I want to agree with you. Okay, I really do. <laughs> I really do. And and it's actually here's the thing. I don't care. I actually don't care. <laughs> uh, I am fine with it. I, I I totally get what you're saying, but I think people are weird about this stuff. People are weird about Christmas stuff, and that's the people think though it's only special. Because it comes once a year. Or I don't like, I only am in the mood for Christmas stuff when it's Christmas. And I don't want to be reminded of that. Now, whether or not this would affect the ride's popularity, I don't know. But I wonder if Universal ever did like internal research to see if this was viable and came to that conclusion. Oh, people Mm. only want to do Christmas stuff in the last two months of the year. I, I, I honestly think about that a lot and whether or not it's other people that are really like mandating against this who aren't really for this. You know I what I mean? I can see like the traction being bigger during Christmas, right? I guess mm-hmm. I, there's no real good example that's currently around that you could point to besides maybe like the Christmas stores in Walt Disney World. <laughs> uh but that's just a storefront, right? That's right. not really well, an I mean, experience. It's not, yeah, it's not an experience. And the reason why that Christmas store exists is because people usually only go on vacation to Walt Disney World once a year. Exactly. And they right. want to essentially get presents and want to have something to bring home and have for the holidays. So that's why that exists. It's a store for buying something for later. It's not an experience in the moment. Okay. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, because I can't come up with a good example of perpetual holiday, mm-hmm. you know, besides like besides the smaller holidays. Um, right. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I don't know if we would feel that weird about Halloween, but maybe it's specifically Christmas that is so once a year special kind yeah, of time. Yeah, because you can have spooky stuff all year round. You can. I do think the Grinch is like such an independent property. Like people just know the Grinch. The Grinch. You think that it, it, like I, I think like, people attach the Grinch to Christmas. I really do. You think so? I guess yeah. I understand that. I guess I would step back in my mind and say that while the Grinch definitely is about Christmas, uh, 
I don't know. I wouldn't. I pro- maybe I should just say I personally wouldn't have a problem with going on it year round. But if people really don't like that, then that totally makes sense why they didn't build it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like okay. Whenever you see the Grinch doing meet and greet, it's always the Grinch in his Santa Claus outfit, and I just don't see them doing a Grinch naked. And I don't see naked Grinch happening. Uh, number one, very odd. Number two. Uh, people don't recognize the Grinch really as the naked Grinch that much. I think oh, I don't know about just, that. He's I completely naked in the new movie. But look at all the posters. He's naked in them too. I remember that. No, he's not. Most of the yes, posters. Most of the posters are only either his head or That's he's naked. <laughs> or him with the Santa Claus thing. Or baby Grinch. <laughs> Oh, jeez. I completely forgot about that. That never <laughs> caught on. No. Good for Illumination for trying. No, he's <laughs> naked in them. He maybe has a Santa hat, but he never has the Santa shirt. <laughs> I, I looked I, up well, the, the Grinch. The, well, the, the poster that I have, he has uh, the Santa Claus outfit in. What poster are you looking at? The one in the show notes. Oh, I see. I, I, yeah. I, oh, okay. That one he does, but most of the posters was all right. Whatever. Anyways, a lot is, of the posters are important. Remember? Do you remember the marketing campaign for that movie, where it um, was a bunch of like mean billboards? No, actually, I don't. That movie came and went in my mind. I honestly was thinking about the it. Marketing campaign, and which is Illumination Strong Suit. We're actually just um, one day after the what was it? The uh, Mario trailer. Second one. Yeah, the second one came out. Second <laughs> which, one sucked. Which, which poisoned me. It was, was like I was like, this is something that I knew you would hate. And for some <laughs> reason, I like I ate it up. I ate it up. I'm like, oh my god, Mario Kart at Rainbow Road. Yes, no, please. Ryan. And I no. just I just realized that's probably the last scene of the movie. I guarantee you, that's probably the closing shot of the movie. And I want to feel like I have such egg on my face. No, I, that's I, not the closing shot. What's the closing shot? The, be, no, because that's going to be the climax. Like before they go to, it's going to be like, wow, we I we need to go to bow. It's the low act. Princess Peach doesn't believe in Mario. Mario doesn't know he's going to do it. And all of the people he was fighting in the beginning, the Kongs, are going to come to his aid. And they're going to drive on Rainbow Road to the portal to Bowser's castle. And then they're going to fight him. But the final scene in the movie well, no, is going to be he, all of them. Just, no, in that scene. No, but she's the driving, yeah, she's driving a bike. That's what I'm saying. She's gonna like come back, and it's gonna be like we're all in this together, Mario. We're all friends, and they're gonna take the Doctor Strange portal to Bowser's castle, and then at the end of the movie, you could put money on this. Go back to this. At the end of the movie, they're all gonna be back at the kingdom doing a little dance party, and then the Koopa airships are gonna come, and it's gonna be all the Koopalings. <laughs> Mm. And Luigi's going to look at Mario and say, are you ready, brother? And then Mario's going to say, here we go. And it's going to cut into a dance remix <laughs> of the song. Yeah, I, I think perhaps audiences would have difficulty doing a Christmas ride all year long. Um, I got to think. I got to really think about it, though, because I can't think of a good example of that actually mm. happening all year round. Though I think people might be amicable about it just a little bit. Yeah. Because I feel like Hogsmeade, right, is very wintry but it's, not, but it's not themed to christmas but it but is this themed to christmas or is it themed to the grinch that's the that's what my my point is that hogsmeade it's is the christmas themed to christmas, but no, hogsmeade it's is to christmas. hold on but hogsmeade <laughs> is basically christmas all year round yeah that's in the movie it's introduced during christmas time and it's got snow all over right and when it is christmas time they can really lean into the design 
I think it's but at just the same time. I guess maybe because they specifically talk about Christmas in the ride. Uh, what if they just don't say Christmas? What if they say like <laughs> they do a secular drink <laughs> ride? Yeah, James James like, Woods can tweet about how they've taken it. Is he still on Twitter? Did they ban James Woods? Uh, well, I don't know what Elon Musk is. <laughs> he's gonna have, um, he's gonna free James Woods. Gonna free uh, Hades from the underworld. Bring back James Woods High. <laughs> uh, anyways it uh, um i think yeah maybe they could be a bit careful about it they just say we're gonna take the presents from whoville give them a little thanksgiving bib during november mm-hmm. halloween shirt you could switch oh them up god. make them different holidays oh my god there's a there whole grinch that, cinematic grinch, universe they haven't touched there was that grinch halloween special have you ever seen that oh i've never seen it but i do know of it very generally it's very creepy it's kind of it's a little dopey it's not as good as the Chuck jones special but it's it's creepy it's very creepy there's also the grinch grinch is the cat in the hat which i've never seen <laughs> so there, there are there are non-christmas grinch stuff but i do think that the ride only works if it's about the the, the original story where you're on a sleigh and you're going past the grinch in the christmas sea setup i think it's it's it either lives or dies without christmas and I believe it got built. It could be popular. I just, I don't see how the public really would think about it. It's just very, it's a very odd choice. I've never seen a permanent Christmas themed attraction outside of Holiday World. Holiday mm, World right. has permanent Christmas stuff because it's Holiday World. Right. But they, they weirdly enough, they don't have... They don't have like a big Christmas ride. In fact, all their so each each holiday is like land and Halloween and Thanksgiving have these big roller coasters and Thanksgiving has a dark ride called the Gobbler Getaway. And you use these turkey collars to call the turkeys. And uh, interestingly enough, the Gobbler Getaway ends with instead of eating turkey you eat pizza which is very similar to that meme movie called free birds uh where they go oh, back geez. in time to take turkeys off the menu that's right we're going back in time to the first thanksgiving to get turkeys off the menu uh so it's you don't have like big attractions i think even a holiday world doesn't even have a coaster themed Christmas. I think you only have like some small flat rides, maybe themed to Christmas and that's it. And that's the interesting thing is that they don't even want to fully commit to it with like a big Christmas coaster, even holiday world, the, the theme park in Indiana theme to roller of uh, two holidays with roller coasters based on holidays. Doesn't want to do a Christmas coaster, which I find is fascinating. All right, you you may have won me over. Mm-hmm. You may have won me over. This maybe just wouldn't work for people. Um, yeah, I, I can understand that. That's probably the big hesitancy because right. the Grinch is incredibly popular. But having no. just this massive money dump that is useful for one month, two months of the year, mm-hmm. uh, probably wouldn't be that efficient. <laughs> yeah, and it kind of tears me because I think it could be cool. Uh, you know, a modern Matterhorn. And I, I know we kind of have that with Expedition Everest. Right. And Expedition Everest, I, I always feel like it's kind of a weird cheat because 
like okay you go backwards to the mountain but the mountain helix is like entirely in the dark is there barely any like rock work and stuff like that in there and i don't really Mm. think so right um yeah not really not really right yeah just in the areas where you see the yeti right it's most Mm -hmm. i mean so internally they're they're now you've got me thinking. Could you do this like Expedition Everest? Could you do this closer to Matterhorn though? So remember that Matterhorn very infrequently shows the Yeti, right? Right. Could you do like just a general Grinch mountain ride that doesn't feel Christmassy and then you drive through one scene where you see the Grinch? Then what's the point? That is the point. That, like, but, the but, point is is that you just engage but, with the Grinch. But it's it's a Seuss land. <laughs> yeah, but you're it, you're it is the Seuss land, but it's like driving through somebody's house. You don't have to follow Doctor the 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 story. Just you just drive through and he goes, I'm the Grinch, and then you I don't know. That's the thing. Someone okay, else so you it. build so you build Whoville. Mm-hmm. But this is the Whoville. No, during... don't build Whoville. No, no, no. You build Whoville, but this is Whoville during Horton Here's a Who. Okay. Now that is not the same Whoville. But that is the same Whoville. No, it is not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. That doesn't yes. make any sense. That, what are you talking about? It is the same Whoville. No, it no, it isn't. I'm not joking. It is actually the same. The idea was that Seuss was using Whoville from Horton Here's a Who. No, because then they're all Japanese. Wait a minute. Oh, wait, that doesn't no. seem right. No. The Who's are the Who's. It's an allegory. Right, but who's the Japanese in the allegory? Yes, that is correct. But it's just an allegory. <laughs> Shut up, Ryan. Did you, <laughs> you know what I meant? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But, but the point <laughs> the point is, yes, Google is the same thing. <laughs> That was pretty funny. That was pretty good. Yeah. It took me a second. Um, okay, but it can't be the same thing because then the Grinch is like a centimeter tall, and it's not really scary anymore. Yeah, but, but that's the, the it's not a centimeter tall if you zoom into it. But I don't want to think like that. That <laughs> that hurts the story. No, but if I told you like that, like wait a minute, if I picked like a really sad movie, give me a sad movie. Uh, Terms of Endearment. Yeah, Terms of Endearment takes place on a little flower. A bit, little speck on a flower, like maybe in like a okay. metaphysical sense, that's true. Okay, but I don't want to think about that. It to burst your bubble, but uh, do you know how the two thousand Grinch begins? No, actually, I don't. I, mean, I haven't seen it in a very long time. Does it okay. actually begin with that? Yeah, it actually begins there. No, inside... it doesn't. No, I'm not joking. They're inside a snowflake. This is not right. This, that this is, is not right. Genuinely, how it begins inside a snowflake like the one on your sleeve. There happened a story you must see to believe. I don't want the ride anymore. Yeah. I take it back. I don't want it. This is stupid. <laughs> it's just the fact that you just learned that the Whoville from Horton's Heroes of Who and the Whoville from Grinch is the same thing. Because in, in Susicle, there's actually... The well, whole idea of Susicle is that they're... Uh, bouncing all these Seuss stories into the story of Horton Hears a Who. And there's a song where they're describing Whoville to Horton and the Grinch actually shows up at one point, but it's a reformed Grinch and they basically just do a play about the Grinch. Christmas tale. Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. 
But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not! <laughs> and Aaron's and Flaherty, who wrote it, actually did have a song about the Grinch and a song also about the Lorax in Whoville, but they cut both of those, so they just get a small mention in this song. The Lorax is not in Whoville, too. Now, now I agree with that because it, it's not. But they were tying all those things together. But the Who in Whoville is the same. It's the same as Horton Hears a Who. Uh, it is all the same in that. And uh, it, it's just, it's true. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry to burst your bubble. But the idea would be that you build Whoville and you go around and you kind of hear Horton's voice like bellowing. And he's like, you're about to be dipped into, you know, hot buttery oil and uh, but then you're, there's Mount Crumpet and you go in and the Grinch is like, oh, hey, I hear the apocalypse is coming. We got to bring Christmas to the Who's to cheer him up before the apocalypse comes. And that would be the, the, the ride. And that's how you get it out of the Christmas season. Before the Christmas season, you just like remove all that Horton stuff. And now it's the Grinch who stole Christmas. This sucks. <laughs> this is this. I don't like cinematic universes on principle. Oh my god! Hey, this is this is cinematic universes from the fifties. So, well, it was likely just it was likely just Seuss being kind of lazy and going. Well, I wrote this Whoville thing. I guess I could just use these Who's. All right, that'll make this easier. I uh, guess like there's nothing false about even terms of endearment being on a tiny speck, like in the grand cosmic sense. Mm-hmm. What are what is this podcast if not radio waves in like the mm-hmm. center of an infinite I like, universe? I like the idea that we we go further into this universe and there's a there's a side thing. There's a side thing going on. Okay, but off. wait a minute. But that's yes, it's a side thing. But at the same time, the Horton hears a Who story is about the Who's and like their village and their town. And then you go. Oh, by the way, inside the mo- mountains was this ugly green monster who like doesn't know anybody and is unrelated to everyone in town. Is he a who? Isn't he a who in the movie, the new Illumination movie? Like a um, who turned green or something? Yes, I think so. Something like that. He's like he's a who that was uh, who born green. I just don't like the idea that all throughout Horton hears a who. When all these who's were going to die, that the Grinch was up in the mountains mm-hmm. watching television or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, it just, it, I, that just seems that just seems wrong. Mm-hmm. OK. And I, well, as a result, <laughs> my my goodwill is fading. I, I think that Chris, uh, I don't actually I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to say anymore. I feel like <laughs> what I understood when I started and what I understood now, now are completely at odds. Here's how we do this. Okay, so according to okay. the Wikipedia article on Whoville, uh, because the city of Whoville resides on a speck, it is possible Whoville is prone to unexpected movement, weather, and activity, and may from time to time change the location altogether. Boom, there we go. That's how you explain it. It's Christmas all the time in Whoville. Okay, then, then, because... then the ride should be built. Yeah, it's Christmas all the time because, you know, it's it's on a speck of dust. It's like shit gets weird. You know, that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's how we explain it. There we Where go. Where does the cat in the hat take place? Uh, Some random town. I don't know. Okay, good. So that takes place in the real world. And the only two books take place in Whoville. So that's it. Where does the Halloween Grinch one take place? Whoville, Whoville. I assume. Yeah. Oh, okay. But that wasn't a book. 
It was just special. Who yeah. are the Japanese supposed to be again in the allegory? The Who's. They okay. don't like Christmas. No. All they right. do like Christmas. Okay, so the idea <laughs> is that that Horton is supposed to represent an ally of Japan. And the kangaroo is the United States. And the ally of Japan basically is going, hey, these people are here. Don't bomb them. And the United States goes, <laughs> screw you. And instead, in this one, it has a happier ending because they don't get bombed. That There you go. That's the allegory. Wait, who's the ally? of? You mean like Horton is not the ally of Japan like politically, but just somebody who doesn't want to kill the Japanese. I guess. I don't know. Because like it, that'd be weird if he was the Nazis. Him and Yertle the turtle could get along quite well. Yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't think that Horton would be a Nazi, but thank well, all you. All I'm saying is that who are the allies of the Japanese? I don't know. It's just it's a friend who doesn't want the ja- these. Okay, well, that, he's moral. He's moral die. good. Yeah, yeah, he's moral good. There you go. And the Japanese, the the little who people say thank you, Horton. And as a as a as a nice charm, you can meet the Grinch who lives in our <laughs> mountains. And the Grinch is like, hi, I'm a. Uh... I'm a representative of an entirely different ideal. The, yeah, the Grinch is a yokai. Yokai. He's a, he's a <laughs> Japanese demon who lives in the mountain. Oh, the yokai stole Christmas. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I don't even yep. know the the. Uh, I don't think the Universal Studios Japan does Grinchmas. Well, of course not. Yeah, because <laughs> they already do it all year long. Mm. Uh, what is that, it's honestly the most respectful thing way dr seuss has ever drawn a japanese thing all right so let's move on to build it or not uh dorman do you want scrunch's sleigh ride to be built um yeah sure why not sounds all pretty right cool. i got okay no- you do all right yeah um thinking about it uh again uh, we mentioned on the spongebob episode we always have to think about like okay so what are the repercussions and the repercussions is really nothing um this expansion space, I don't know what else would be meant for it. It's by Seuss Landing. Uh, if you built it, it would just exist. And nothing would be really affected. I don't see any other Seuss property. They're not coming out with new Seuss properties because the dude has been dead for 30 years. So, yeah, I mean, really hard to think about that there's, there's nothing else. So I have no other choice but to see build it. You just build it. Why not? Yeah, why not? Exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, it sounds like it'd be a good addition to Seussland. I think it would be, no matter how much or how little they lean into the Christmas, I think it would fit really well. And, um, you know, I, if the Grinch is so popular, it probably seems fit. It's, you know, it, maybe it would be the one thing that makes sure that Seuss Landing doesn't ever get shut down. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seuss Landing gets shut down. I think that's like the one land that is in like zero danger there of getting shut down. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty, st- it's not very updated, but it's still pretty popular. I think Seuss still has a pretty popular legacy in the oh, world. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's, it's timeless and uh, mm-hmm. they indoctrinate you from such a young age into exactly. that. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That movie uh, sucks. Okay. That's interesting you should say that because Audrey Geisel, after that movie came out, she was so infuriated by it. She said, no more movies based on my uh, husband's stuff ever unless it's animated and universal at the time was like well we'll do animation and so blue sky was like we'll do animation uh but the cat in the oh, hat blue sky 
Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. We should mention that. Uh, anyways, uh, the cat in the hat has a cult following for some reason. It's the same reason as the Grinch. Oh, no, no, no. The Grinch is beloved. The Cat in the Hat has an entirely different type of following. It's one of those movies, just like everything else that the people, the the, the garbage dwellers on Twitter watch, where you (laughs) can cut it into a bunch of 10-second funny Mm -hmm, clips and put it in a 15-minute YouTube video. Mm -hmm, But it's not funny as a movie. He he mentioned a hoe and he mentioned Universal Studios. Mm -hmm. That forgives the most boringest movie ever made and disgusting. It's a Wachowski movie with even less taste. It's I like Wachowski movies, by the way. I do like Bo Welch, um, it, uh, their designs and stuff like that. And that's the only thing that it really has in there. So, eh, whatever. Uh, anyways, um, that'll do it for us this week. We will be back next week with one, with fine, one final episode, which is our Winter Break Fun Day. Before we uh, end the episode, anything else to say, Mr. Dorman? No. Mm, perfectly grinchy now for you <laughs> uh, so in the meantime please follow us on social media on twitter at unbuilt pod you can reach me at open mother's mail and ryan doorman at open the doorman uh, we do have a discord uh, which you can find uh, a link to on our twitter uh, feel free to email us at unbuiltpod at gmail.com and rate us on stitcher itunes and anchor or wherever you find this podcast please write a review and tell us how we're doing if you don't like us thank you for listening to bedtime history You have a great Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Is the Grinch a who? What? No, I'm a what, not a who. <laughs> All right, shut up. Next. <laughs>